This is Mr. Impact Wrestling himself, Moose, and you're listening to the Irish Whip. Hookers? Hookers and Coke? Hookers and Coke, man. You're the only pro wrestler I know that wants to do this shit in the morning. Yeti, you're a f***ing moron. Put it this way, I think Sammy Callahan might as well just change his name to Invader I want to know why. Like, he can dodge any question. Like, I'll tell anyone that. You can tell me the f***, but I, I'm going to ask specific questions. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. WrestlingNewsSource.com all the rest of you yahoos are out there dilly-dilly you little wankers, we're actually receiving real wrestling news. This is Brett screwed Brett. I'm Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Brett screwed Brett. Hold two arm bar. Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts, I hate your wristbands, I hate your shoes, I hate your music, I hate the C-Nation, I hate everything that you stand for. So does rule. Yeah, they do. Mafia <laughs> JP here. I'm by myself right now running solo, but in just a couple minutes, if y'all take, just sit back and enjoy. Uh, what happened this week is really cool for us. It was kind of a pretty big opportunity. As Josh uh, sat in on the NWA conference call with Nick Aldis uh, with, for Fight TV. Of course, this is for the upcoming pay-per-view Saturday, December 14th. Uh, on Fight TV, December 14th, uh, NWA into the fire. Uh, you know, Nick Aldis, the champ, represented the company on this conference call that, you know, they invited us to be a part of. Thank you to WrestlingNewsSource.com for that hookup. WNS Ben coming through. Um, shout out to our brothers over there with the, the the WNS podcast. Dan Heron waiting on his uh, his new studio, so we're we're kind of reaping some of the benefits here. And uh, we've confirmed that we will be on their next conference call and all their conference calls from here on out, though. So it was a huge opportunity for us. Josh took it, ran with it, smashed it out of the park. Uh, Big ups for that. And listen, guys, I want you all to have a good week. It's Wednesday night now, so it is wrestling night now in the U.S., at least. With uh, I'm about to sit back and relax while you edit this and uh, watch me some AEW and NXT. All right, guys, check it out. Uh, listen up right here, right after a brief word from our sponsors here, and then you'll be able to jump right in and you'll, you'll be listening to that part. The press conference. Thank you, guys. I appreciate every one of y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by, and welcome to today's conference. All lines are on mute to prevent background noise. To ask a question during today's call, press star 1 on your telephone. I will now turn the call over to Kim Hurwitz. Please go ahead. Thank you very much, Carmen. Um, uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, because I know there's at least one other lady besides myself on the call. I really appreciate your time today. Uh, we'll have a full hour with our special guest, um, who I'll introduce um, shortly. But I also wanted to let you know that we have a few other people from Team Fight today. Um, we have our social media guru, um, Joel Arkin, also known as Eagle Eye. And uh, we have our chief operating officer, probably no stranger to any of you here, Mr. Mike Weber. 
And myself, I'm Kim Hurwitz, so if I have not met you, um, I'm sure I, I will be speaking with you more uh, in the future. I'm only six months in here at site as the Chief Marketing Officer, but um, long in the world in uh, combat sports and uh, formerly at Karate Combat and Direct TV, et cetera, et cetera. So thank you very much. Uh, we very much look forward to getting your questions. Um, but let me also introduce so he can say hello, our, um, our superstar guest um, and a wrestler extraordinaire, Mr. Nick Aldis with NWA. Nick, um, say hello, please. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me. Great. Um, Mike or Joel, do you want to say something? And uh, I'll take it real quick Start. here. Um, this is a, a great event we got, we're talking about today, uh, NWA in the Fire. It's exclusively on Fight this Saturday. I'm uh, real excited about having Nick uh, joining us here. Nick is uh, in the main event with James Storm, as most of you guys know, and has been instrumental in NWA uh, going to the next level right now. Uh, the event has uh, got great uh, a buzz going about it, and we're going to keep that going, and we hope all of you have a chance to tune in this uh, Saturday. Uh, from there, I'm going to turn it back to Kim, and um, let's start uh, doing some questions, Kim. Great. Well, I'm going to um, field that uh, right over to Joel. Um, Joel, you're you are the one who is kind of our voice on social media, and I, I know you, you really know this field, and you're a personal a huge fan of, of Mr. Nick Aldis. So why don't you kick us off for a question and then we'll start taking questions from our uh, media uh, clientele here. Absolutely. Thanks, Kim. Uh, Nick, my, my question to you is uh, obviously last night on social media, the NWA released the first match with James Storm that you had at the beginning of the year at the pop-up event, the New, New Year's Clash. My question to you is how can you make adjustments? You have a two out of three falls match coming up this weekend. What adjustments do you need to make to ensure that you leave on, on Saturday at NWA Into the Fire as still the NWA champion with the 10 pounds of gold? I don't know if it's so much uh, about adjustments um, as just, you know, preparation. I mean, honestly, the uh, two out of three falls matches have been good to me. Um, you know, many people remember that I, I regained the, the, the world championship um, over a year ago at NWA 70, our first standalone pay-per-view event in a two out of three falls match with, with Cody Rhodes. So um, for me, the whole, the, the, the great premise of the two out of three falls is the fact that it, it eliminates excuses, you know, and it seems to me that in the, in the lead up to this, James has, has had a lot of excuses. He's had a lot of conspiracies about, you know, how he's been treated, and, and honestly, I don't really see the, the validity in any of those arguments. I see a guy who had an opportunity with us after I'd done the groundwork to build this organization, and he had a run with the national title, and he lost that title to Cole Cabana, and now he's making noise about being the world champion. And, and I think that, for me, two out of three falls makes it where, look, anyone can get lucky with one fall, and James is claiming that, you know, about different issues with that first match. Anyone who saw it saw what happened. You know, it, it, it may have ended in a count out. Who knows? But it didn't. And, and if anything, when Billy Corgan decided to, to make it to where there must be a winner, that's only benefiting the challenger because, you know, 
as has always been in this business, the burden is on the challenger to beat the champion, not the other way around. If he wants, you know, if he wants to take the title. So when it comes to this two out of three falls, like my conditioning is better than ever. And as, as I've proven over and over again, the best thing about being the world champion is that you have a range of opponents, you know, at the top level and I've proven myself at, at every opportunity, every single challenger that's come my way, hostile territory or not. I've proven why the, the NWA is where it's at, and you're looking at it. It's me, uh, the world champion. Great Thank answer. Um, I would love to get some questions. Um, anyone uh, something in particular they would like to ask concerning this weekend? You have a question. How about from Jim? Jim Barcelona, you were like the from Miami Herald. You were you were our first person to come online. Have you do you have a question for Nick? Thank you very much, Nick. How have you seen the business change? I mean, see with Fight TV and what they're doing. Just some of the things that have changed in the business, whether it be in ring or even out of the ring, and these different ways that wrestlers can be seen and viewed. How do you view the changes over the years? I think that it's one of the. I think that we've seen a, one of the healthiest shifts in pro wrestling over the last sort of three or four years. Um, you know, that's, that's really been. Um, you know, uh, uh, in terms of historically, it's probably one of the healthiest shifts we've had in decades. And and what I mean by that is that. You know, the WWE has a huge monopoly, and you know, with with that comes a lot of power over the talent and. You know, ultimately, to me, this business is built on strong personalities and guys who can get people to part with their money, be it at the box office or on a pay-per-view event. By having outlets like Fight TV, it has created a situation where guys who, who truly believe in who they are and what they can deliver no longer have to until they maybe get an opportunity with the big company to be able to showcase what they can do and then have like 20 different people tinker with them, you know, to see if they can sell box office and who really knows who's doing what at that point. With outlets like Fight TV, you get some, you get the opportunity for real maverick performers to be able to go out and say, hey, I think people are going to be willing to pay to see Nick Aldis versus Marty Skrull, or Nick Aldis versus James Storm, or this guy versus that guy. And because of the, you know, it's, it's honestly, it's really about the ease of access. Um, and, and it's a real game changer because now guys can really bet on themselves, you know, and obviously that's a, a phrase that's been thrown around quite a bit. And with good reason, you know, with, with, with examples like, uh, the Young Bucks and Cody, you know, setting that example, and Marty, and then obviously myself, you know, I was the true main event of All In, and that, and that the reason that event was called All In was because it was about guys betting on themselves, and that's really what this is about, and, you know, this is just further proof, because the NWA has created a situation where with, you know, a small operating budget, no doubt, and a, a really just a true belief in what they can deliver, and their concept, and their brand, we've been able to make a, a, a big footprint in the industry in, in a relatively short period of time without a, a giant budget. May I have a follow-up question, please? Sure, go ahead. Okay, thank you. I noticed, too, when you come out, uh, 
very well dressed. You're the world champion. What are your thoughts of how you carry yourself when you're on a program, on a show, on a wrestling event? And what are your thoughts of NWBA power and that different type of element that that is bringing to us? Look, uh, Scott Hall said it to me once, and I'm sure he said it in interviews too. In my opinion, it's pro wrestling, right? Emphasis on pro, okay? If you want, if if we, if I want people to part with their money to see me perform again, whether it be at the box office or whether it be on a pay per view, then I should be willing to go the extra mile to make the effort to present myself as somebody that's worth paying for. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It's not about pretending to be rich or pretending to be a star or pretending to be something I'm not. It's about conducting myself as a professional. Well, that's a great point. Uh, Carmen, uh, there's uh, several people in queue. You can go to uh, Mike Johnson from PW Insider. All right, and Mike Johnson, your line is open. Hey, Nick. How are you, sir? I'm good. Good. Good to talk to you. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about on this call, talk about the, you know, you mentioned building the, the company and the NWA brand with a very small team, very little money. Talk about what the camaraderie is like amongst that 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 team, and what it's like having so many talents who have had a, had chances elsewhere, like yourself, like Trevor Murdoch, like Ken Anderson, Eli Drake, etc., who have all found themselves migrating over to the NWA, and what has it meant for many of not necessarily you, but many of them to kind of have a second chance to make a first impression with the audience by being showcased in such a different light with the studio atmosphere. I think that's a great point, um, and that's really how I see it too. Um, because I understand that I had a, I was fortunate in many ways because I got I got signed early, got my foot in the door at, at TNA, but I wasn't really ready for the spot, you know. And I, I've said this before many times. It's like there was. The, the most important thing, in my opinion, uh, to have longevity in this business is to have self-awareness. And I think that there was always a part of me that knew deep down that I wasn't necessarily ready to be on TV. But <laughs> what are you going to do? You're not going to say, well, no, I'm not really ready. You know, I, no, I, I won't take that contract. Thank you. You know, I'll just, <laughs> I'll wait. It doesn't work like that, right? Like you have to, you have to take what you can get. And I was thrown in at the deep end. And look, Terry Taylor said it to me once. He said, you, you're getting paid to go to college, you know, which is true. I, I got paid to learn in the ring from everyone from AJ Styles to Samoa Joe to Doug Williams and then sit under the learning tree of guys like Kevin Nash and Scott Steiner and Kurt Angle and Sting, you know, and it's like everything I am now is basically a product of that education. It just so happens that... Whereas, you know, decades previously, by the time you saw a guy like me, a seasoned pro with, you know, in his, you know, reaching his prime with, uh, you know, a lot of good experience behind him, that was the first time you saw him on TV or any sort of capacity. But my education happened on TV, you know, so that's, that's the main difference. So for me, like, 
I've had to work very hard to sort of break a lot of the the established opinion of of long-term fans who only you know who had, who had seen me from my TNA run and just kind of written me off and been like, uh, he's whatever because I was whatever then, you know. <laughs> but it's like again, you know, as far you have to you have to believe in your perception. You can't you can't sort of shy away from it. And once I understood that and embraced the idea that look, <laughs> Magnus is dead. You know, <laughs> that guy that you knew then is not this guy, you know, and, and I've spent two years and, you know, with David Lagana's help and Billy Corgan's help have reintroduced the world to Nick Aldis. And now there's a whole new wave of fans, young and old, who are going, Nick Aldis is the real deal, you know, Magnus who? And that's, and when it comes to the, the other guys and the camaraderie, there really is. Like, I've never been in a situation where, you truly felt every single person, um, not just talent, but every single individual involved in NWA Power, was really was was really on the same page and really wanted it to succeed. I I don't recall a single complaint. I don't remember any gripes about oh I don't like what I'm doing. I don't like this. I don't like that. Everybody there was just plugged into this energy source, you know, and it's, uh, it's very gratifying from a sort of professional level for me, where a lot of my peers, many of whom were in the business before I was, you know, um, were deferring to me as the top guy, you know, like take a guy like Ken Anderson or Trevor Murdoch and guys like that who have, they've been to the big show, you know, and yet they're coming to me and being like, what do you think champ? Like what, you know, and that's, you know, when you have the respect of your peers, that's an indication that you're on the right track. And, and, um, and I have that and, and they have my respect. And, and that's the way the NWA is. It's seasoned professionals who respect one another and want everybody to succeed and want the, and overall want the company to succeed first and foremost. And just a quick follow-up on that. When it comes to the uh, the Into the Fire pay-per-view, obviously the build-up from the show was the NWA Power studio show we, I mentioned earlier. Talk about how producing the studio show and actually having a week-to-week product changed you, maybe your perception of what the NWA could be under Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana versus every so often we're doing pop-up shows, we're partnering with other companies. How did the creation of the studio show change the perception of what the brand could potentially have for you? Well, it's 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 a double-edged sword, I think, because obviously we always had a view to sort of graduating to that point, but we also knew that, hey, once we start doing this, like there's no looking back. You know, people are going to expect this level of output. So now the onus is on us to be a viable business model. You know, I said this, I had a call yesterday, a media call, and and I appreciate every every media outlet that is looking to help us get the word out and spread the word about this pay-per-view. The pay-per-view is performing very, very well. We've already exceeded the total buys for NWA 70, which was headlined by me and Cody, and we still have days to go. And one of the things that I, I talked about on that call yesterday was so many fans 
get wrapped up in this idea that people running wrestling companies are spending 80% of their time talking about booking and creative, you know, like, hey, who should wrestle who at the next pay-per-view? And it's like, that part's easy. Like, I truly believe that most of the frustrations people have when it comes to what they see on, on other wrestling shows is because it's overthought, you know? Like, we, we just listen to the audience. You know, we, we spent, I'm fortunate that my reinvention, uh, you know, uh, as a wrestler came, you know, coincided with the reinvention of the NWA and, and the reintroduction of the NWA as a viable brand in the professional wrestling sphere. But what, when it comes down to it, like, we just, we, we sit back and we pay attention to the, to the audience and we, we read the feedback, good and bad, on everything, and we go, hey, People are digging Thunder Rosa. You know, people are, hey, people seem to love Trevor Murdoch. We didn't have, we didn't sit there and go, hey, this is our plan for Trevor Murdoch. He's going to do this and he's going to do that. And then he's going to be, you know, considered, a, you know, a, on this, you know, renaissance of his career. He did that. We just said, I, I, I got a feeling that Trevor Murdoch would be good, a good fit for us. And the second he walked out, you felt the people just go like, yes. You know, not like, oh my God, it's Trevor Murdoch, but like this this approval of like, yes, this guy's the right guy. Like, I get that. And suddenly it's like he takes that he takes that he takes that moment and again, seasoned professional, knows how to maximize his minutes, and in a losing effort, shows everybody who the hell he is and reminds everyone why he's there. And that's a long, long-winded way of, of answering your question. But what, what, what we, what we are focusing on a lot when it comes to the discussions behind the scenes, those of us who are, you know, really all in, for lack of a better term, on the NWA and trying to make it successful, is we're trying to make this thing profitable. Like that's the, that's the thing that. That's the that, that's the sort of that's the, the the crunch for most wrestling companies is. Yeah, it's great, but can you make it profitable? And I can say we are so much closer to being profitable than any of us had predicted, you know, at this stage in our life, because we're only two years in, you know, and, and Billy had a 20-year plan for this. And then we, we you know, with, with the reception that we got and, the, and, the, and the, the way that some of our stuff was received, and then having some fortunate happenstance like all in and then the subsequent relationship with ring of honor and then the you know the big the big money matches with marty and the rematch with cody and then you know and then moving on and then finally graduating to our own standalone show we've had you know we've been able to develop a model that that is much closer to being profitable than people realize you know we've heard a lot of industry experts or analysts for lack of a better term suggests that oh well you know it, it, it's not sustainable like this and you know that's <laughs> that's that, that's not necessarily true because in many ways like we've said from the beginning our mantra has been a lot of the time traditional values with a modern delivery system well people who understand the history of the business know that prior to big money tv rights deals tv was a means to promoting live events and then later on to promoting pay-per-view buys. So YouTube is our TV for now. We want to maximize the amount of eyeballs, build our fan base, cultivate it, and then 
convert those to pay-per-view buys and to live events and to merchandise. And like those, all of those areas that I just talked about are showing steady growth. So for us, like that's the most important thing, you know, <laughs> booking and talent and everything, that's easy, you know, because we've assembled a good team. Like what, one thing that I will I will pat myself on the back for is I, I have a good eye for talent. You know, you you can track back through my social media over the last five, six, seven years, and shows that I've promoted in the UK, tours that I've promoted, and you look at the lineup of the guys who I picked out, you know, prior to you know before they were being spoke talked about in a in a wider capacity, and look how many of them have gone on to be signed by WWE or AEW, or Impact, or Ring of Honor, and New Japan. Like, we, 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 we're we not concerned about that that part. We know who, who works. We know who can help us make money. So what, what it comes down to is slowly building our team and assembling it and, and keeping this energy going, which has been just so infectious for not only the fans, but for anyone who comes to work with us, and just building on that. All right, sir. Thank, thank you for the time. Hi, Nick. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, you mentioned, um, Billy, having that 20-year plan. When you first talked to him about joining uh, the NWA, was, was what we're seeing right now on YouTube, that weekly series, was that the idea, some type of like a retro-style show? Uh, it 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 wasn't wasn't my vision. It was certainly I certainly wouldn't take credit for it on my end. Um, I do know that David and Billy had had always wanted to do a version of this. Um, I know Billy has spoken about many times. You know, growing up watching Georgia Championship Wrestling and just really liking the simplicity of it because. Wrestling in its purest form is is big personalities and conflict resolution. And sometimes when you dress it up with so much, you know, elaborate entrances and technology and, you know, production value, sometimes some of that can be lost and be kind of glossed over, you know. And again, that's not a knock on WWE if we if we were making the kind of money they were making and we had that kind of budget who knows what we'd be doing but we're not but we 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 turn negatives into positives and we go what's what's the what's really raw you know what what's really raw is a guy walking out I've always loved stickman interviews like if you go back and look at um my run in TNA as the world champion when I started to have a bit of a bit of say and a bit of influence over what I did one of the things that I often tried to do was to do stickman interviews with Jeremy Borash because I've always done I've always worked better bouncing off someone you know because to me real promos are a conversation with the audience and so when you know when it comes to what's What's the really raw, bare-bones element of the business? It's guys who can speak in a way that most people cannot. You know, the ability to walk out and look down the lens and rip off, like, 
a two minute line, you know, two minute promo that's just that makes everybody go, wow, what the hell did he say? And then, you know, and then sell tickets off the back of it and then have conflict and then, you know, move on from there. And, and, and we've just, we've, I said, we've assembled a team that can do that so well. And like, we're proving to everyone, a lot of people are going, wow, this is, this is so different, but it's, it's really just what's old is new again. Sounds good. Thank you for the time. Um, we had a call from Sean from Fightful. Sean, you're up. Hey, Nick. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, we've seen you defend the NWA World Heavyweight title in other promotions, on television, and the sort in the past. But since NWA Power, uh, we haven't seen that on television. I know it's happened at some other events. Is that something that the NWA and yourself are still open to? despite the fact that NWA power is its own thing now? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's really more about creating the, the, you know, the, the, the build and making sure that when the title's defended, that if it's going to be, especially if it's going to be somewhere that's broadcast, it needs to be presented in a fashion that, matches the value that we've you know that we've placed back in the championship and that the history of the championship has given us in the first place you know you can't buy the legacy you know that the nwa championship has you know you can create new titles all you want and you can have fancy belts and you can have you know you can have any sort of number of gimmicks attached to a championship but our main asset is the 10 pounds of gold and it's the and it's the men who've held it before me so we just have to make sure it's presented in a manner befitting of that legacy so as and when you see that you know it means that either we've presented it in a way that you know like for example like the pay-per-view coming up this weekend we've you know we've built to it in a way that that, that fits the championship or if we're doing it with another company or another promotion, that they have worked with us and, and, and worked to create that same aura. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Um, That's another call. Um, this is Josh Richards, Jr. from Wrestling News Source. You're up. Hey, Mr. Elvis. Thanks for taking the time, man. I really appreciate it. Can you hear me? No worries. Yep. Great. Hey, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of switch gears here, and um, we're kind of known for, for asking the tough questions, man. So, uh, so you're going to ask me about guess, Cornette? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we, we got to know, man. we we got to know, like, how much of the Cornette drama has hurt or helped you as a face of NWA? Um, and along with that, I mean, has that really set you guys back in NWA a step w- with some of your fan base? Well, I'll break that down into a couple of sections then. As far as me personally, anything I chose to say on it was was my own decision. So, you know, <laughs> that's that is what it is. I like I said, I was very careful about the words I chose, um, and I stand by them. And again, you can go back and look at I've written articles. I, I published one on Flag Sports and. I have, you know, given interviews where I have strongly defended Jim 
you know, when people were accusing him of making homophobic comments because they weren't homophobic. He was criticizing someone's act. And I said, it's, you can, you can, you can differ, you know, on, you can have a difference of opinion with Jim, but you can't hurl accusations at him for, you know, for stuff that isn't there. That's not fair. But when you make a faux pas like that, you know, I don't, it's, it's not up to me to decide what's acceptable and what isn't. It's not up to me to decide who's offended and who's not. And it's certainly not up to me to decide who's allowed to be offended by something and who isn't. Ultimately, my, my words, my opinion on the subject was purely in the thinking of the boys and thinking of the talent. Because if you have a show like that one where Trevor Murdoch steps into the light and reminds everybody that he's a player and Melina debuts and all everybody's talking about is a controversial line from a controversial commentator who has a controversial podcast, that's a problem to me. And that's all there is to it. And like I said, you, I, Jim was a hugely valuable resource to us. And I would consult with Jim for advice because he's an encyclopedia of the business. It's just unfortunate that he made a faux pas and refused to, to own it. And it kind of, you know, for me, it's like I said, it's not the reason that I want the NWA to be trending. And nobody has worked harder than me or David Lagana to make this company what it is. And we don't want things to be distracting from that just because some guy wants to, wants to be controversial. So we just, it, really what it comes down to is, hey man, if that's what you want to do, like have at it, go, you know, go do your podcast and we'll move in, a, in another direction because like we, we don't, we just, we just don't need that distraction. And is that, the, is, is that the part when you're talking about, you know, you stated a few minutes ago that NWA is, is full of seething professionals. I mean, is that what it comes down to? The basis of this is being professional 24 seven when you're part of the NWA. Yeah. And it's about, look, it's about the, the company ticking and trending for the right reasons, you know, because we've had two solid years with the exception of like that, 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 you know, that bad week and a half, we had two years of just constantly over delivering where look, I was there. Yeah. I saw the, I saw the comments from many publications, some of whom may even be on this call. I don't know who speculated like, Oh, is this Billy Corgan's bought the NWA? Hmm, what the hell? What's he doing? Well, that's a, you know, and, and there was all the snickering and all the back talk and all the kind of, sideways comments and then they went oh and they're going with Nick Aldis oh you know and then but you know fast forward a year later I'm stood in the ring in the true main event of the most talked about show of 2018 and when we built on that momentum you know I, I wrestled I defended the title on four different continents I mean I wrestled in a building that was like below freezing one day. I, and I've wrestled all over the world, taken bumps all over the world to make people give a shit about this championship again. So I'm not going to let it get distracted just by, you know, by a dumb line that was unnecessary. And that's like, I, like I said, it was unnecessary. And it was, you know, and, and here's, the, here's the, the true, if you can take one thing away from this, let it be this. I guarantee you, all of you listening, I guarantee you that after this weekend, 
and after Tuesday and our new season of NWA Power starts, nobody will be talking about this shit again. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Raj, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the voice was breaking up there. Um, yeah, I, uh, Nick, thanks for taking the call. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the, what you thought of the first season of Power and what changes, if any, you'd like to see in the next season. <clears throat> I thought the first season really set the tone for who we are as a brand. And, um, you know, I, I will I will stand by especially episode one of that show as, to me, one of the best examples of how to come out of the gate and, and show everybody, you know, what your brand is all about and how you're different from every other brand in, in a very crowded marketplace. Um, some of, you know, as far as, like, we all have our different tastes. You know, certain stuff on the show like that you know, might appeal to others more than it appeals to me, but that's that's cool with me. As long as we're as long as we're ticking, you know, ticking over in the right direction. Like we knew that, like most shows, we were going to have a strong opening, you know, and then some of that, you know, some of that gets siphoned off, and then what's left is our kind of core audience, and then we build on that. Um, as far as what how how it went you know again we're talking about a small team and we i mean everybody there worked their tails off to get all of that you know all of those episodes done and to make sure that we brought the same level of intensity and energy on the last episode as we did on the first um certain things happened during that during those tapings that that made us pivot you know like <laughs> <laughs> like the question mark, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, the, the, regardless of how any one person might feel about it, the guy, he got over, you know? So it was like, so things were, things were adjusted. Ricky Starks showed up and he's, he's a guy that I've, you know, very strongly endorsed. He shows up. And I think that it would be fair to say that, that Billy, you know, I'm not saying he didn't see it with Ricky, but he, he was just kind of trusting my judgment. And then by the time he saw Ricky's first segment on that show, he went, okay, you sold me, right? And I think the audience did too. So it's like, and you know, so there were some pivots. And I think that's, um, that's a testament to, to our professionalism because, you know, it's a tape show and it's not as easy to, to sort of go, you know, to, to work based on feedback, which is absolutely what we want to do because we believe in booking more than writing. And, you know, that, that's hard to do with a tape show, but I think we still, I think we did it pretty well. And I think that if anything, my, I can say my only major sort of uh, note or request as far as sort of going forward was to make it, was to keep it even simpler. Like what people really like about our show, in my opinion, is guys going out and cutting money promos. And because people have, because it's been so long since people have seen that and have matches that establish who you are and then build to something that's important so we can sell some pay-per-views. And again, you know, we're not, we're not talking, you know, we're not talking, uh, 
we're not talking pay-per-view records here yet, guys, but for us, like, we've smashed our last pay-per-view and we've still got days to go. And typically, those are the days where, you know, the, the last few days are when most of the buys come in. So, like, we're, we're, we're proving our concept. And we're and what's most most important is that our audience that we have, uh, we're, we're converting them to pay-per-view buys. And that's really, you know, that's really what we're all about. So, what what you'll see i think in the next season is 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 a a stronger a stronger emphasis on guys getting a chance to just go to the podium and cut a promo and and make people care about them you know and the rest will will fall into place based on based on who the natural matchups are because that's how I, that's that's my philosophy in booking anyway i'm not the booker but i you know but i have a say and that's my that's my philosophy on booking is the matchups present themselves you know and the personalities as they emerge you see who matches up well with each other and then you go from there and uh as a follow-up to that you um you talked about the importance of promos and, and just how in my opinion nwa has had the best promos uh, on television um i agree some of the, most of the most of the strong promos right now are coming from a lot of veterans yourself james storm uh tim storm uh, who are some of the young up-and-coming talent that you see that you know have that gift of gab that you could see really knocking them dead? Uh, you you had mentioned Ricky Starks. Are there uh, any others? Uh, yeah, I mean Starks would obviously be would would be one of the first ones I would mention in that regard. Um, I think I think people are going to be surprised um, when Thunder Rosa gets a chance to speak. You know, um, certainly in that environment. Obviously, her presentation is so vastly different and she's you know she's kind of arrived with you know on the on the scene with such ferocity based on her in-ring you know performances and her intensity in the ring um but i wouldn't sleep on her as far as her ability to deliver on the stick too um i think allison k is money on the mic in my opinion she's you know she's she in many ways has been uh you know as as good a representation of the NWA as I have, you know, on the women's side, you know, and the way she carries herself and, 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 um, you know, and, and, and the way that she, you can really see in the way she, when she, when she conducts herself, that she really believes that she's the champion. And that's really the most important thing. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's going to be some new faces, you know, we're going to see some new, we're going to see some new people coming up. And again, like I said, by the time this weekend's finished, I just I I think that the uh, the conversation about the NWA is going to be is going to be all about what you've just seen or if you didn't get the pay per view what you just missed, and that's going to be who knows who you're going to see in front of that podium, you know, speaking on that microphone, and that's um you know that's an exciting prospect. And let's not forget that you know people are, people like to talk about the departure of Cornette, but the 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 uh, the blessing in disguise we got from that is the addition of Stu Bennett, who I think is going to absolutely crush it on the broadcast team. Absolutely. Well, thank you. We have another call from Foul Original Wrestling. Uh, you've got the floor. Take it away. Oh, thank you very much. Um, hi, first time. Hey, Nick, thank you very much for taking the time today to talk to us. No problem. Thank you. So, um, as you may have heard, I'm British, and um, I've got a question that might kind of take you a little back a little bit, 
and uh, some of us in the UK know you from the UK revival of Gladiators back in 2008, and this seemed to inspire your first character in TNA. Um, you may have heard, but the infamous British Gladiator Wolf was asking for a revival back in August 2019, and Davina McCall has said she's happy to host it. Um, who do you think could form an international Gladiators, um, three men and three women from the world of wrestling, and who would you have on your teams for that Gladiator reboot? Well, obviously me. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, I was the, I mean, I was clearly the, I was clearly the standout star of that show in 2008, and it, and it was the launch pad for my entire career, and I'm happy to say that. Um, oh, I, you know who I think would have, you know, um, Bobby Lashley would have, would, would have made a great gladiator. You know, like when you think about the 90s and you think about like the shadow and you know all those great characters like. Lashley just he just he, you know he's like a cartoon character so I, I would I would go and plus he's he's a he's a legit athlete you know um, uh, amateur wrestler and just one of the most you know uh, unbelievably athletic people I've ever seen um, and then who would be my who would be my third um, uh, maybe Brian Cage yeah he might be good like, again just you know to me like you got to you know you got to look like a cartoon character you know you got to have that real sort of over the top sort of look and presentation for gladiators i think brian cage uh as far as the women um gosh put me on the spot here um I, you know let me think i think uh marty bell might be good you know cause she's got she's a different look very exotic um, and you know she, she's and, and speaking of she's another one who can really deliver on the microphone when given the opportunity. Um, uh, I think maybe maybe Tony Storm. You know she she's a good athlete and has a great look and like lots of charisma and has that sort of. She kind of I think sometimes in the face she kind of reminds me a little bit of Jet, but like a blonde version of Jet. I mean I know we're going off on a tangent here. Most of the Americans are going like, who the hell are they talking oh, about? Awesome, awesome um, reference. Also reference like <laughs> yeah. Jet today at work. Yeah. Um, and then, gosh, a third one. Let me think. Um, maybe let's go. Oh, actually, oh, I know. It be it would be Ashley Flair, uh, Charlotte Flair. Sorry, Charlotte Flair. Sorry, guys. Yeah, because again, you talk about you know you need someone who's like a, a legitimate athlete and has that physical presence and that size and that charisma and that Charlotte Flair. I mean, all day long. Oh, that's a very original question. <laughs> Thank you much. Um, uh, we have another call, uh, Stephanie. Um, I think uh, <laughs> we've been uh, texting. Uh, she had a, a, an issue calling back in. So I think Stephanie Franchon, um from Voltermag, um, are you there? If Stephanie can press star one on her telephone. Hey, Anne Stephanie, you are live. <laughs> Hi, Nick. Uh, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks for joining us, Stephanie. You finally got here. Yeah, I'm finally here. I don't know what happened on the, the first try. It just cut, and I was okay. Maybe I'm not welcome. No, that's not true. <laughs> You're always welcome. Um, <laughs> so, culture is a British media, but I'm calling you from France. Um, ah, and, uh, bonjour. Bonjour. 
Uh, bonsoir, uh, actually. Oh, bonsoir. It's, it's, it's evening there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's uh, nearly eight uh, here uh, in, in France. Um, you mentioned Stu Bennett coming uh, to NWA. We all know how good he was uh, doing commentary for World of Sports Wrestling. Um, do you have another British talent in mind that you would see coming uh, to NWA? I think there are a lot of British talent that would be a great addition uh, to the NWA. You know, um, I think that as far as the heavyweights and, and the and the sort of rugged style and the, uh, the, the 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 intensity that's required for the NWA and the, and the the way that we like to present the the world title and I think that Rampage Brown would be a great addition. Um, I think uh, I think Shah Samuels would be a great addition. I think Yeston Reese would be a great addition. Um, I mean, there are so many great British talents now. You know that I mean, you could you could make you could make a, a viable worldwide promotion with an entirely British roster, and that's that's a proud that's a proud thing for me because guys like myself and Stu and you know Drew McIntyre and guys like that, you know we we came we still can't. I mean I'm 33, so it's not like I'm you know this sort of old salty veteran or anything. But the um, you know we came up. And it was still, the mentality was still kind of like, oh, well, there's only room for one British guy on the roster. You know, I would get told that a lot, you know, like at WWE, they would say, you know, well, you know, we've already got Stu Bent, we've already got Wade Barrett, you know, and we've already got this guy, you know, and, you know, so, and it was, you know, and it was kind of insulting, you know, like there would, there would be a sort of a, I think, and I think that TNA don't necessarily get enough credit for, for kind of moving beyond that and just kind of going, Hey, there's a really big British market and there's a lot of British talent. Like let's look beyond just Nick and Doug and, you know, and then let's, let's bring in this guy and let's bring in that guy. And, and then they had the you know, British boot camp, and, you know, we start doing, you know, really, you know, they, they really, they really worked hard to appreciate the UK fan base. And I think off the back of that, look at the, you know, the explosion in the, in the UK scene. And obviously for me, you know, I broke the glass ceiling for British wrestlers all over the world, whether they like to admit it or not, because I I witnessed firsthand conversations with top level executives who said, you know, a British guy would, you know, won't be world champion, you know, and you know, and I said, all right, we'll see about that, and you know, now it's like, you know, there's a whole new generation of British wrestlers coming through. Who don't even, who aren't even thinking about that. Who aren't even thinking. I wonder if I'll even get a chance to be the world champion because I'm British. Like that's that's gone now, you know. And and I'm not saying it's all because of me. It's you know, but it's but I, but I I do play I play a significant role in it. And um, you know, and you take guys like Marty Skrull, who's become one of the hottest stars in the industry, and you know, soon to be one of the hottest free agents, and. Stu Bennett, who's you know he's he's got a sort of legendary status now in the business, and he's coming in as a broadcaster, and he can I mean he could punch his own ticket anywhere. So it's like it is proud, and and like I said, there are that we are spoiled for choice with British talent, and um, those three names I just mentioned would probably be the the first ones on my list, but there are many more. Um, 
we all know that NWA is really uh, something purely American. Um, do you think uh, the, the product can go worldwide um, and reach different audiences all over the world? I do. Live pay-per-views. Yeah, I do think so. And, and I think that, um, you know, we, we have seen a lot of, for example, we have seen a very strong feedback from from France. And we've seen a very strong feedback from Germany. We've seen some strong feedback from uh, from Israel. I mean, I got word the other day that so far of of all the pay-per-view buys we've had, there are pay-per-view buys for Into the Fire from 41 different countries. So that in itself should be enough to show that the new NWA, while yes, it is an iconic American brand and it is an iconic southern american brand in many ways um it's you know in its new incarnation we are very much about being a worldwide brand and i think one of the reasons why it resonates so well with with our international fans is because we've stripped it down to the bare bones you know wrestling is a universal language one of the reasons why we've enjoyed such you know such visibility around the world um, overall in the genre is because it breaks barriers of language. I think anyone can understand good guy and bad guy and, hey, that guy's cheating and, hey, this guy's fighting back and this guy's, you know, this guy's fighting back from underneath and, you know, everyone can understand that and recognize that. And I think that, um, you know, the feedback we've seen from our, our, our French fans and our German fans and our, our British fans, obviously, there's a huge, you know, there's a huge demand. I mean, I get asked every day when there's going to be NWA live events in the UK. So it's coming. You know, we, we will we will continue to build. And as the word spreads, every time, every every single individual fan I interact with, whether it be in person or on social media, I say, Please spread the word. Thank you for you know. Thank you for supporting the brand, and please you know, please spread awareness because I truly believe that when people sample our stuff, you know, they get it. You know, and our biggest hurdle now is our biggest challenge is just getting people to see it. And and you know, one by one, brick by brick, we're winning them over one fan at a time. Thank you. Thank yeah, you for calling back in. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Segue to um, how we feel here at Fight about this brand. We're very, very supportive of NWA and work with David and 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 uh, Nick and all the fighters and and Billy as well. Um, we we have a great uh, fan base of uh, registered users. We've got 2.2 million registered users now um, on site, and we have sold events into more than 180 countries. A lot of people don't realize there's even that many countries in the world. There's actually even more than that, but um, and we'll get Antarctica yet. Um, it, it's the, the fans really are everywhere. And Nick, I would imagine we probably have into the fire orders in more than 40 countries now. Um, That's amazing. It, it, it's just we are constantly in contact with um, the fans in every corner of the world, and we um, really want to 
help expand your brand into the we've done wonderful things for AEW just to name another popular um, wrestling brand and largely we did that without having rights in the US and Canada um, for their pay-per-views or their weekly subscriptions so um, we can it, we already have an entrenched base and we're always looking for more and I really want to thank all the media personnel that have joined us um, today because helping us spread the word. Please um, put it out there. Um, you can order fights on any mobile internet or IP-connected device. Um, we're adding more uh, every time there's a, there's a new one invented. We'll, we'll be on there, too. And um, it's, a, it's a great for premium product, of course, with fight, you also get, you know, DVR and, and live chat, if you dare. Um, <laughs> and it um, replays, and you can watch it again and again. Um, so uh, I don't know if there's any questions that pertaining specifically to the pay-per-view event this Saturday on fight. Uh, let me – let me got time for maybe – one more caller, one more question, or Nick, do you have a question as well? Uh, I have a, I have a question, uh, Kim, Joel again. Uh, Nick, I just wanted to quickly ask you, um, with with so many wrestling shows and pay per views being three hours, two hours, four hours, five hours, do you feel that the fifty minutes uh, on this great platform YouTube, so everyone can watch it, do you feel that is enough time for NWA Power? Would you like to see more? Or you think it's, or you think that's just the perfect amount? Uh, for now, I think it's the perfect amount. I believe that okay. we 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 like to leave the audience wanting more. And one of the things that we see frequently in the feedback, you know, from the episodes is people going, "Oh my god, like I can't, it, it's already finished. I can't believe it." You know, and not in a not in a bad way, like they got ripped off. Just kind of going, "Wow, that hour just flew by." We we value the audience's time, and we 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 want to deliver quality you know not quantity and again one of the reasons that we've we've stayed uh on youtube for now is that because we we want to be able to have control over our concept and the best way to prove concept is to put it out exactly how we want and then see the feedback and see people react to it because that way it puts us in a, a much stronger position if somebody wants to partner with us down the road, you know, as far as broadcasting, because we go, look, this is our product. Okay. This is, this is what we do. And, you know, uh, we, we know that there's a, a lot of wrestling on television. Um, and, you know, I, I know I personally don't really have, I, I don't have three hours. <laughs> I certainly don't have, seven you know to dedicate to watching wrestling um and i believe that when it when i when i choose to watch wrestling when i choose to consume the product i'm typically going to youtube or i'm going to an on-demand service like the wwe network and i'm picking and choosing what i want to see and you know because i i want to be able to trust that what I'm seeing is, is, is going to satisfy my needs. And that's, that's what we're trying to achieve with power is we're, we're, we're trying to gain the trust of the audience so that they know that if they give us an hour of their time or 
if they buy a pay-per-view and they give us three hours of their time, that they're getting three solid hours of quality content that leaves them wanting more and doesn't leave them thinking, oh, I'm glad that was over. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, you certainly deliver the quality, and I think that's what consumers want. Um, uh, any other last-minute questions? Dave from SiriusXM, you want to chime in for one last question real quick? Or anybody else? How about you, Mike? Mike Weber? <laughs> I, I, no, I, think, I think we're good here. Uh, I really appreciate everybody joining us today. And we're very proud to be associated with NWA. Uh, it's been a, a great organization for many years. And, and Nick and um, uh, Dave and, and uh, everybody has really brought it to the next level. And uh, we're looking forward to doing this and many more uh, in the future with us. Um, and they're a truly worldwide organization, as we are as well. So thank you, guys. Um, I appreciate it all. Um, Nick, thank you so much for your time today. No worries. Thank you, thank you everybody. All right. Well, All right. thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll let you know when we have the next media call. Don't forget to place your order today and tell your readers and listeners to get NWA into the fire this Saturday night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. You may now disconnect.